Hello and welcome to Where Many Have Gone Before, the podcast where I, John D. Ruddy, watch Star Trek for the very first time. You're all very welcome to this episode. Uh, I'd like to welcome Mr. Joshua Benjamin Heisler, who is one of our most recent patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support this podcast and indeed loads of other creative endeavours that I do, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash John D. Ruddy. There's loads of benefits that you can check out over there. Also, I'd like to thank everybody for all the lovely feedback that we've been getting uh, about the podcast so far. So... It is growing, slowly but surely. If you know anyone who would be interested in a Star Trek podcast, shoot this across their bow and see what they think. See, that was a little naval pun there. Anyway, for this episode, we will be talking about the naked time and the enemy within. I hope you all enjoy very much. Hello there, folks, and you are all very welcome to yet another episode. Here I am again with the illustrious Michael Leddy. Oh my goodness. Yes, I am illustrious. I'm so glad that somebody has finally noticed. Thank you. Yes. How how have you been amidst this lockdown? We are dating this podcast right now by people who are like, oh, they recorded this in the middle of the lockdown. But tell us. Yes, I am watching way more TV than I normally do, like old TV and stuff. So it's become my routine now because I'm not working to just watch TV during the day. And... It's fine. I'm enjoying it. It's it's fine. And then comic books. After we finish recording today, I'm lining up some... I'm actually opening Wolverine Epic Collection number one and diving into the first eight-part storyline there. I'm very excited about reading and reviewing that. So that's actually happening very soon after we finish today. Are you also excited about slamming it down on the table and flicking through it vicariously? <laughs> Yes, I'm aggressive when I open the packages, but after <laughs> after I get them, John, I treat them with love and care. I would say so. If anyone is wondering what we're talking about, go and check out Michael's Instagram. Instagram, yeah, Riker Donegal. Uh, where I Riker do, Donegal. Where I do the openings, box openings of all my oh, epic collections. Wonderful. And you really love the sound effects, and you love the. They're uh, great. They're great. They're, 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 they're super satisfying. Like you know, they're just. just <laughs> You know, it's just such solid sound to them. It's visceral. Well, you can be looking forward. I, I Because of delays, again, we're dating it with the lockdown uh, references, but I'm there's about three packages en route that are, you know, yes. a couple of delayed. So I may have three packages this week, John. So be ready. Were you, were you affected at all by, uh, was it uh, Diamond Comics had uh, stopped shipping a lot of stuff? Were you affected by that? That didn't affect me because I'm getting my stuff from Book Depository. I'm getting my stuff from Amazon. Uh, I, well, I rarely use Amazon. It's usually Book Depository. So I'm not, I don't buy any new comic books. It's all the epic collections and trade paperbacks. For, for me, I was okay. But for anyone who's collecting new stuff, yeah, they were obviously big. And a lot of the people I would, I would have contact with friends or whatever that I would know just online through various groups mm. they were affected in a big way or are affected although it's, it's apparent that I think things are changing now and Diamond are coming back online I've seen a post yes, last I, night I, I yeah. saw that there was a great interview on Fat Man Beyond I don't know do you watch uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin no uh, but a, a mutual friend of ours Porik uh, watches it a lot so I always hear yes. what's happening in it yes 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 yes, yes. Oh, great podcast love it but uh, speaking of podcasts here we are talking about Star Trek. Yes. 
I have been watching some more Star Trek. Tell me. Funnily enough. Funnily enough. So, episode five, at least going by the broadcast order, but episode five. I love the title of this episode because I don't quite know, or at least going into this episode, I didn't quite know where the stress lies in how to say this episode because it could be what what I assume is probably the proper pronunciation of it, the naked time. But it could also be the naked time. <laughs> <laughs> episode five, the naked time. <laughs> it's a very provocative 1960s episode title, isn't it? Captain's Log. The crew have been walking around with no uniform for five days now on my orders. <laughs> Welcome to the 1960s. Welcome to the 2260s. But uh, yeah, classic. But yeah, so um, also one one question before we continue. Is that a poster of Hulk on your wall behind Yeah, the 2003 movie, yes. I was about to say, has that been on there since 2003? Uh, I haven't been in this house since 2003, but it, it, was, ah. it was in my... It's been up on a wall. It's been up on walls since 2003. Yeah, that was brand new at the time. So Class. I I remember the summer that that came out. I was 14 at band camp when that came out. (laughs) You're like, I was not 14 at band camp when that came out. No, I wasn't. (laughs) The the thing about that Hulk movie is I watched the trailer so many times for that movie that I completely spoiled the movie because I just pieced it all together. So in that summer, yeah. I taught myself a valuable lesson, and that was where I stopped yes. looking at trailers at all. I may watch a trailer once, like with Black Widow. Yeah. I've seen the Black Widow trailer twice, because yeah. Black Widow was mm. still ahead of us. But I stopped watching trailers, really, because I was like, yeah, I'm just going to piece it all together, because I'm looking at the trailer so many times. I'm like, okay, that's probably from the climax, and that's setting up, and that guy must be this guy. And yeah, that- uh, I, I I, am terrible for doing yeah. that, too. And once you, get good at, oh. once you get good at reading trailers, you ruin your, you ruin it, it is the worst. Yeah. Because you yeah. spend, you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, I'm waiting for him to get to San Francisco. I'm waiting for the client. You know, that's just yeah. the worst. I, because you can pick up on, you know, you, you get good at picking up a third act. Yes. You know? Yes. And uh, that was something that I loved about Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Actually, were very good at it as well was they managed to keep most of their cards close to their chest. Like mo- most of the stuff in the Endgame trailer came from literally the first 20 minutes 15 yep. minutes of the 20 minutes yep. you know and a couple of shots of the final battle but it was just thanos so yeah uh good old trailers but anyway um so let's get naked let's get naked the naked time so this episode uh, starts with an ancient planet which is disintegrating. So the Enterprise are showing up to rescue a a group of scientists, or to at least pick up a group of scientists who are down on the planet, kind of picking up, getting all the readings of this disintegrating planet. And as they go down, they discover that the planet is frozen and, well, the planet has always been frozen, but the lab itself is frozen mm. and the people are dead. Uh, so we have Spock and Private Anonymous. Private Anonymous is uh, what, what what I've taken to calling some of the red shirts, uh, even though they're not red shirts just yet, but uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for that to become a thing. Um, but I am waiting for Private Anonymous to meet an untimely death. 
you're really getting very comfortable with the tropes of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, yes, very quickly. So, uh, a whole pile of dead bodies. But interestingly enough, there was a lady strangled. She wasn't frozen to death. She was strangled. And someone was showered while fully clothed. So, there is a strange mystery around this. Meanwhile, Spock is going around reading everybody with a speed gun, trying to trying to work out what's going on. This dude, Private Anonymous, who I discovered his name is Joey, he scratches his face under the mask. Speaking of epidemics, speaking of the pandemic right now, here is Captain Dumbass <laughs> scratching his face under his mask. I have seen some people do this while I've been out shopping. Really? And it is the oh, it is the most ridiculous thing. Like just reaching under their mask and scr- and scratching their face. It's like, what is the point of wearing a mask if you're going to be doing that? It's oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridi- and and like they're they're wearing rubber glo- they're wearing rubber gloves and the rubber gloves I think are ridiculous as well because rubber gloves you know you're still going to spread germs you're carrying from a to b to c uh, to d yeah you know wearing gloves gives you a false sense of cleanliness you know the only thing you're going to stop germs getting on is your hands but if you continue to wear the gloves and touch your face they're not going to miraculously stick to the gloves but anyway go seg side side sidestep from that so joey scratches his face under his mask and uh, and then is reaching down under a table or something, and this weird, creepy blood is drawn to him, and it starts like trickling towards him, and it gets onto it gets onto him. It's like, Ugh. and that's probably not a good thing. It's probably not a good thing. It's probably not a good thing. Now, this was something that kind of annoyed me a little bit because, but you know, this this is in hindsight now thinking back to it because. It turned out that this whole thing, spoilers, uh, was like just an infection that got under their radar because they couldn't detect it because it was like water-based or something. But my problem with that was this initial moment makes it seem like it's almost sentient, like it's trying to leap across to Joey. Mm. And so this setup kind of didn't match the payoff, which is a little bit disappointing, but, you know, that's... It wasn't a massive letdown. This was a very entertaining episode. And of course, you know, this is nothing we've dealt with before. Uh, every, everything is new. Everything is uh, is unclear. Everything is, uh, you know, news to Spock. Uh, which, which I suppose, I mean, given that it's space, space, to quote the great Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, space is really, really big. big. <laughs> So that's fair, I suppose. But uh, so the crew of the Enterprise are staying to watch the planet break up. So they're going to sit there with popcorn <laughs> and get loads of readings about the planet breaking up. And so uh, Spock and Joey are beamed back on board. <sighs> but, but they decide to decontaminate. I'm like, finally, <laughs> they're learning. They're like, no, 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 you have to go and decontaminate first. I was like, ah, oh, f- somebody's beginning to think. Or are they, is the other question, because, um, oh, another interesting little piece of world building, which I learned from this episode, was that Vulcans have green blood. I did know that from before, but I'm just, I'm, I'm always interested when the first little yep. uh, indication of these facts arise in these um, episodes. So, Joey is scratching his arm. I recognize that actor, and I don't know why, 
but I, I, I don't know where he's from. But he, he looks familiar for some reason. Um, I'm looking to the I look to the cast list. Yeah, the character is Joey. Is it Joey? Yes, or Joe or Joey. But it, it is it is also quite frustrating where guy comes up uh, from this planet and he's scratching. And he's scratching and he's scratching. You're not going to report that? No, you're, you're not. You're not going to. No, no. You know, and and of course, you know, there's the the big question: Was man meant to be out here? I love. I do love that. I love questions like that where it's it's very scary. You know, it just this this thought that some places are too dark, some places mm. are too. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't even know how how to describe it, but you know, it's like. Should man be out here? Is there something else out here that is keeping everything else from being out here? You know, I, I love I love those kind of ideas. Like there's some some, some elements of that on Doctor Who as well, uh, which I really uh, enjoy. So yeah, so I have written down here in my notes. Dude's hand feels funny. You're not gonna report it, really. And of course, we've got a lovely little bit of foreshadowing here where Spock kind of points out that the machines only detect what we know. Ah, that's nice. It's only looking for the things that we know to look out for. So, uh, and and that becomes a recurring thing through this episode, which I like. It's, uh, it's, it's good writing. And again, there's a lot of setup and there's a, from a writing perspective, you're kind of noticing it a mile away you know but uh like kirk is talking with scotty and scotty's like oh yeah no don't worry because because they're hanging about with this planet beginning to break up there's going to be a lot of gravitational insanity going on so just in case things uh go south very quickly scotty is going to have to pull out very quickly and scotty's like yeah sure that is no problem i will be able to do that at a moment's notice don't worry about that Okay, I'm going to be worrying about that for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I I also found it quite interesting um, how the character had... Now, I don't know, was it a meal on a disc? Or was that a character's ID card that it read who they were so that it knows to give them a meal? That I'm not sure about. Okay, it was... Okay, I... Let's I, 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 it's a couple of years since I've seen this, but okay, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like a readout that something is read or something. Yeah, I, I, one of the characters it, places it, a little card into a machine and then, boom, out comes a meal from that. Probably a prescribed diet. Yeah, it's probably just a diet that they have. Yes, yeah, exactly. Something like that. I love... The, uh, I, I know there was like a synthetic meatloaf that was um, mentioned in a previous episode, I think, in Charlie X... Yeah, so he continues to scratch his hand and I'm just sitting there going, report your hand! Now, I suppose as the episode goes on, it does kind of... There is a, a, a an explanation as to why he doesn't report it because this causes you to act silly, which is fair. Oh yeah, good catch, good catch. You know, I mean, that th- that is kind of fair, but at the same time, you're just sitting there going, seriously, you've been down... To a planet where people mysteriously died. And you're not going to report that your hands feels a little bit itchy. Like you literally had big hazmat suits. And you're, well, I suppose if he's stupid enough to scratch under his mask, then he's probably stupid enough to not report this scratchy scratch hand. Meanwhile, we're uh, introduced uh, to, well, we meet Sulu, who is talking about foils being uh, rapiers. And, I mean, foils aren't exactly rapiers, uh, but... I suppose maybe, maybe the the language around swords has changed in two hundred years a little bit in two hundred years. You know, in the same way as we can, a, a lot of people just think of a sword and just 
a sword is a sword is a sword, but I'm like, uh, no, there's small swords, there's broad swords, there's long swords, there's short swords, there's small, you know, there's, there's rapiers, there's, you know, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, so Joey is now becoming super jumpy and super defensive. And, and again, I, and I love this actually, this was a really nice, uh, little, uh, little detail uh, where he starts he starts you know he's like what you know what are we doing out here you know what is mankind doing out here like we're just coming out here and we're polluting out here and we're destroying out here uh, does man need to be here and I was just like that is such a great argument such a great um, thing to explore even even in its brief uh, lasting kind of argument that it is it's it's nice that these things are being talked about even in the sixties, which is uh, really fascinating. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, you know, what, one thing that's uh, wonderfully positive to see about Star Trek is that the people of the early twenty first century managed to get climate change under control and uh, continue into a positive future. So. Uh, Let's hope that that is accurate. <laughs> Who's to know? But again, to say the same thing as last time or a couple of episodes yeah. ago, Star Trek, so at this stage, standing out from the crowd of science oh, fiction yeah. on American TV, because no other show was doing those kind of lines of dialogue yeah. where characters would say, should we be here? And that's why people started to pay attention. Aye, because, you know, it is, it's a very um, kind of anti- imperialist uh, sentiment as well and that's something that I would imagine a lot particularly a lot of American shows and I suppose even British shows as well two two big imperial powers Mm. but like you know all the westerns are about the frontiers and the the, the wild west going out to tame the land absolutely and I suppose and there's a lot of that in a lot of the TV science fiction you know like Lost in Space or uh, you know where it's like we're, we're going out to colonize and it's it's nice to and I suppose you know th- there there is an element in Star Trek as well of course that they have uh, they've colonized m- more and more planets but it is really interesting that people are posing this question uh, in this show it's a much more responsible the, the characters in this show have a much more responsible attitude notwithstanding the fact that they just let every old creature come on board the ship yeah. in terms of what but they are actually quite with with dialogue like that you can see okay these characters aren't blindly yes going forward yeah exactly yeah they're boldly but not blindly going forward I see what you did there. Um, so uh, he he then kind of loses the plot completely, has survivor's guilt, and turns the butter knife on himself. And they're like, whoa, whoa, Joey, go easy with that butter knife. And he's like, no, I'm going to do something with this butter knife. And they're like, whoa, take it easy. And he somehow does manage to actually do damage with the butter knife. And he stabs himself. But with pink blood. And I don't know was this... You know, I mean, initially I was like, oh, is this a feature of the infection that it's pink blood or something? But I don't know. Maybe it was just that it looked that fake that it was pink. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But of course, I I loved um, the, the hissy infection sound effect that they have in this. So anytime they're scratching, you hear just oh. this really... 
kind of hissy sound. Totally forgotten that. You know, just to nod to the audience. This is important. He's not just itchy. So uh, I loved as well. Then while they're, so they're all they're all up watching the uh, planet beginning to break apart. And Spock is even talking about we may be seeing Earth's future, where uh, you know Earth may potentially kind of suffer the same fate at some stage. So it's interesting, you know, just that this too is also exploring kind of the nihilism of it. You know, just the the thing of all of this is temporary. You know, planets will eventually be destroyed and, so, and you know, and uh, all the stars will eventually go out. And, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting um, concept to explore. You know, I have noted here as well, I would like to see the original effects. Um, so that's something I must look into a wee bit more just to see some of the more uh, visual effects because, because I mean, it it is it is. I do love the planetary effects in particular. They do look gorgeous. But I w- I would have loved to have seen just what the original appeal is. So Sulu and the other guy are clearly infected, and they're not going to report it. <laughs> they're just they're both sitting there casually scratching their hands, having been in contact with Joey down there, who went crazy after being on the planet. And they're just sitting there scratching their hands. Now, again, this does cause people to act silly. So it could be a get-out-of-jail-free car. But still, you're not going to report it? Yeah. And then, of course, the doctors are down there treating Joey. Well, because Joey's not dead yet. No masks for the doctors? Really? Really? You're just going to say, you know, they're wearing gloves. They're not wearing masks. This dude could be infectious. What are you doing? (laughs) Oh dear, and uh, and of course the guy randomly dies. He has lost the will to live. He's like Padme Amidala. He just gives up and dies. Uh, so that's fun. And of course, at this point as well, the planet begins to deteriorate and begins to pull them in even further. The planetary physics go crazy as uh, as it shrinks and i just i can i can actually confirm yeah it's the trekkie channel on youtube i'm just looking at yeah. it right now yeah you'll be able to see side by side comparisons with the old footage and the remastered 2006 excellent oh well. look so you'll see the 66 yeah. It's all on it's all on youtube trekkie channel trekkie channel brilliant that's great thank you for that um so i do enjoy the way that these guys uh act so we've got Sulu and as 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 I discover his name is O'Reilly are sitting there on the bridge and then they're just like both giggling to each other and Sulu's like hey do you want to go to the gym and O'Reilly's like no no that's not a good idea and Sulu's like come on let's go to the gym and the dude just he just casually walks away with us it's it it, it is very funny the the way that they portray it because it's hilariously irrational of course, and then, of course, um, Bones is sitting there going, I can't find what's wrong with this guy. I don't know why he just died. He just died. And he's like, Bones, I want the impossible checked out too. You know, Kirk is just, it's, it's great, you know. And But again, you know, this is that little recurring thing of, you know, we we can't find what we do know, so let's find what we don't know. And I like that. I think about Kirk as well, just, you know, he pushes everybody on his team like it's like that's not good enough. You have to do the impossible for me. Yes, and it's weird, but you, joking aside, you're like, okay, I can see why that would work. They all like him and they all respect him. So yeah. they don't resent that. They don't resent yeah. that, and it makes everybody just do the impossible. Yeah, I know that's 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 true. That's true. Mm. 
Um, no, and, uh, and and it seems to work for the most part. I mean, the Enterprise hasn't been destroyed yet, yet. so far. <clears throat> um, so let's see. Oh, yeah. And so uh, O'Reilly gets up and he's super drunk now. And he's like, you know, hey, they let the women work, too. Woo, that's so 20th century. Um, he doesn't say that. But and of course, you know, we've got some wonderful fiddly Irish music as the drunk oh. Irish guy goes wandering around the Enterprise. Yay. He, he, he walks in to kind of check in on Joey and he's like, he died, didn't he? You know, he's, he's like just so blunt and he's because, of course, at this point, you're still trying to work out what's going on. You don't you don't know that it's essentially making them drunk. You're just wondering what kind of control, what is what effect is this? So you're still trying to work it out. So it was, it's, it's quite fun try, trying to work out what was going on with them. But of course, he passes it on through touch. He touches Janice on the face and it passes on to her. And um, so it's like, oh, it passes on through touch interesting it's it's not just through the blood uh so that was uh that was quite interesting and of course now sulu comes running through the corridors with a rapier and indeed he is not wearing any shirt oh my and he like you know pricks his finger with his own sword and it's uh yeah it's 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 very very entertaining he is a very fun drunk <laughs> he and he you know he's, he's just straight up going around threatening to murder people with a with a rapier which is uh, quite entertaining and of course here now we have the uh, what I think is well, oh, oh, we may have seen it actually at the start of uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before actually I'm not sure if we did see it when the bridge began to blow up because I think this may have this is the first time I noticed seeing it and you're like what are you talking about John is yes. the, sh- the shaky cam of the ship shift where everybody all staggers from side to side. Oh, this, okay, this is at yeah, least the first yeah. time that I've that I've noticed it. I'm like, ah, another another classic staple of Star Trek. Quick, everybody stagger from side to side. Absolutely, I was watching a brilliant Next Generation episode the other night, and again, it's so obvious when they and they do it so well. But it's like that thing where they're like, oh, yeah, oh, and it's it's yeah. just it's fun. It's fun to watch it. I know that yeah, they're just doing that. You know, part of your mind knows. Have you seen, I, th- I think um, somebody took a video stabilizer and applied it to those scenes. Ah, it's on YouTube, it must be. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's very funny because <laughs> you do literally just see people staggering from side to side. It's very funny. But uh, but yeah, so Sulu is chasing everybody around with a sword and no- nobody nobody seems to be reporting this properly yet John you're going to have to make peace with the fact that nobody reports anything on the Enterprise oh my god it is terrible it is the worst (laughs) run ship ever like you know people just go missing people just you know it's like oh he's not responding it's like ring his mobile like does he I know they don't have mobiles, but you know what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> but uh, and of course, Scotty's not answering, and Sulu comes back. But and of course, now we get the uh, the Vulcan death, the Vulcan death grip, or what, what do we call it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that a nerve pinch? Yeah, Vulcan nerve pinch or death grip? You can call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where yeah. he knocks him out, which uh, is uh, first time seeing that. It was like, ooh, that's exciting. And ah, uh, oh, so O'Reilly has now hijacked the engine room and is essentially able to control the entire ship and commandeer control of the entire ship from the engine room 
which I think is horrifically badly designed that you can commandeer a ship from the engine room. It's like, hello, what's the point of the bridge if you can just go and capture the engine room instead? Which O'Reilly just gone and did. And, oh my God, Kirk is just... I was talking about this in the previous episode, but how Kirk is so protective of being captain. Yeah. He gets so pissed off when O'Reilly is like over the intercom shouting out, okay, I'm Captain O'Reilly now. He's like, no. I'm the captain. Get out of the engine room. You know, he's so pissed off with him. <laughs> you know? It's it's not because it's dangerous. It's because... <laughs> it's because, no, you're not the captain. I'm the captain. Um, and uh, now at this point, people are going crazy everywhere. People are going crazy everywhere. Riley telling women how to look. And then good man Scotty is outside and he's sorting out the door, thankfully. And it's, it's getting there. Dude is singing to Janice... It's 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 bedlam. It's absolute bedlam. I'm loving uh, the uh, the laser burning through the wall, which is new technology. Which well, I suppose actually we saw that in the first episode, but still, it's a really cool effect, which uh, I really appreciated. Bones can't get his reports. His assistant hangs loose, just leaves Sulu sitting there, and it's just like, oh god, this place is falling apart. And amidst all of this, Uhura is losing her patience and Kirk is like snapping at her and she snaps back at Kirk. She's like, dude, I'm trying to do it as best as I can. And they're both like, okay, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's, 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 let's get back to normality, which is fair. But oh my God, this ship has a terrible safety record. Like, (laughs) it's like, I've just been assigned to the Starship Enterprise. Oh God, I am going to die. Like I, I'm, I'm sure someone somewhere has done a list, and I, I will, I'll look it up when we get to the end of this cast's uh, run. But I would love to see how many crew members of the Enterprise have died. Oh yeah, those lists are out there, of course. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, yes, you know, yes, yeah, it's yeah. just insane. It's hilarious. And so then finally Spock gets infected. but and, uh, and, and at this point we discover that Spock is part human, which I was like, ah, cool. That's uh, more confirmation. And Christine, the nurse, is in love with Spock. Yes. And I remember you asked me after, you asked me if Hura yes. and Spock was the thing. And really it's, it's, this, it's this relationship, not that it's a relationship, but yeah. that's the one that fans latched on to back then. The ah. idea that she wanted him and yeah. he wanted her maybe. But So that was always... People shipped them. That's, that, that's what the kids yes. are calling it these days. That's they, what they, the kids they, are calling it out on yeah. the streets, yes. So, 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 they, so they shipped Spock and Christina. Very good. So, uh, and Spock is struggling. He's getting emotional and it's uh i mean the acting is it's very camp it's very cheesy but it's totally on par with the style of the show and i love it um so uh i have written down here voiceover intercom would be handy if they had individual communicators and trackers because they're constantly sitting there going, where is this yeah, person? Is Why aren't they answering? Seriously. It's like, why don't they have individual communicators with trackers on them? Mm. And, I mean, I do know that that exists in later Star Trek. I, I mean, in yeah. Next Gen, they, oh. 
their little things yeah. on their chest, isn't it? But you know, yep. At this point, I'm just like, oh my god, chaos! It's chaos, chaos complete chaos. This is the tw- this is the twenty second or twenty third century. God damn it, get with it. But uh, and here we have the first mention of uh, set your phasers to stun. Which I thought was, uh, was a, ooh, I, I know this one as another Star Trek trope. Kirk is just so hilariously indignant in this. Spock is now crying. And Spock is trying to snap himself out of it. He's just slapping himself across the room, throwing yes. himself across the room. But he fails. And, uh, and then we get the immortal line of Scotty. I can't change the laws of physics. And I'm like, yes, he said it. He said it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, he's like, I got to have 30 minutes. But we don't have 30 minutes, Scotty. Oh, the, the the tension in this is really good. Like just how um, how it ramps up and just that thing of, he, I need the 30 minutes. It's like, well, you do not have 30 minutes. We have six minutes. And then amidst all of this chaos, Bones discovers water is the key. That this was transferred through water somehow. And... They managed to miss that? <laughs> really? Oh, guys, you really dropped the ball there. At this point, we discover that Spock's mother was human and he was ashamed of his earth blood growing up, which was something I knew from the J.J. Abrams movies, but it's interesting seeing it in the context of the original show. Kirk slapping Spock and just and Sp- uh, Spock just wallops Kirk back. And knocks him right to the ground. It's very entertaining. Now Kirk has the disease. And Kirk uh, wants to get with his yeoman. Uh, and it's like, of course he does. Um, <laughs> and it's... Uh, meanwhile, Scotty is, uh, is is working there. And um, Spock has somehow recovered. And I didn't quite manage to work out how. I don't know, maybe it's just Vulcan blood. Or uh, was he uh, just able to snap himself out of it and sober up. But... Uh, I think it's probably, again, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but yeah, I think it's Spock is just, he's so in control anyway. Yes. That once he kind of gets to grips with what's happening to him, I think he's just able to take control. That's part of what Spock can do. He can pretty much take control of anything. And he is like underneath the surface in Spock anyway. We're seeing such a turmoil every day. This is just, it's it's another Tuesday. It's something else, but he'll do it. I think, I think that might be what it is, but I could be incorrect. So Spock manages to deliver the goods and he has a formula which can help Scotty change the laws of physics, uh, which is very convenient. Deus Ex Machina, but I don't care. It works. And um, so they're all shuddering around with the noise of the planet and the force of the planet breaking up. There's a great shot of Uhura, who's like very casually staggering from side to side. She's just like kind of sitting there going, I, you know, I, th- I think maybe at this point she was possibly still sitting there going, does this look completely stupid? <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure they probably did think that at, at, at the point. I mean, you know. Th- of course, yeah. They thought that while they were making Star Wars. I'm sure they thought this when they were making uh, Star Trek at the beginning, where they were like, this is ridiculous. Absolutely, yeah. But then, as it turns out, because they're bending the laws of physics, they're traveling backwards in time. The yes. naked time, if you will. And they're going essentially through like a time warp. And um, Spock casually accepts the ability to time travel. He's just sitting there going, yeah, so... That's a thing now. 
and we may or may not use that in the future. So time mm. travel exists, mm. and it's just like, okay, that we're just going to drop that A-bomb right in the middle there. So, yeah, time travel. And uh, the writers are sitting there going, yes, we've just written ourselves a lot more episodes where we can use non-futuristic looking costumes. Let's go, <laughs> baby. Which is, I think, one of the genius uh, bits of how Doctor Who works. You know, you can have episodes that are high-end science fiction and other episodes which are a complete period piece. Yeah, just go to Victorian England. You know, it's yeah. genius. It's Absolutely. genius. Um, so I see them I see them potentially doing an element of this too, but I, I'd say not to the same extent as Doctor Who does. But yeah, uh, I like this episode. There's a lot of iconic Star Trek introduced here. I really hope that they can improve their protocols and um, and security. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Oh That's my never god! <laughs> it is just insane. So we got to episode six, and this is quite possibly one of my favorite episodes so far. Ah. The enemy within. Yes. It's hilarious. So, uh, so, so we start off, and they're down on this planet, which by day is hospitable, and by night it's absolutely freezing. And Sulu is sitting there holding this bizarre little mega poppy, fluffy thing with a horn and antennae, where clearly it's just a dog in a costume. But we'll, we'll say no more about that. It's great. What? Um, are you are you serious? I know, right? I know, I'm not convinced oh. by the costume. Oh my god, I, I'm i going to go and watch that episode tonight just to confirm. You think it's a, <laughs> you think it's a, a dog? In a- it's a dog, yeah, true story. Um, so, dude cuts his hand and he's probably infected with something. He's probably going to get, he's probably going to board the Enterprise and infect the whole crew with something else. And they're all like, sure, Scotty, just beam him up, it'll be fine. Thankfully, it's not as formulaic as was in the past. Thankfully. So, Scotty struggles to beam him up for some reason. Turns out that the ore that he was covered in, this weird yellow ore, kind of messed up the beam-me-uppy machine for now. But we'll see. We, we don't know that at this point. So, Scotty looks, and I'm like, is this... Scotty's looking at this weird yellow ore, and I'm just sitting there going... Is this going to nearly kill the entire ship? So uh, Kirk ready to beam up and Kirk arrives and he's beamed up and he is all woozy. And he's like, don't leave the transporter unattended. And both of them literally leave the room together. Only for evil Kirk to be beamed aboard. Oh my God. Evil Kirk is amazing. And as soon as he shows up, it zooms in on him. The lighting is insane. He is insane. It is just magic. And the music is like... And it's just... ah, oh, It's hilarious. Like, all he is missing is a moustache to twirl. Yes. See, Shatner always brings things up to 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. But in cases oh, he like really this, does. But in this case, with the lighting and the camera zoom, even the show is like, okay, let's go to 11. It's like they're going to just do yeah, it as well. Yeah, the sh- yeah, the show goes with them. You know, so- sometimes there's, you know, where the camera's just kind of sitting back and letting them run. Whereas this time they're like, no, 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 we're going on this with you, man. And, uh, oh, it's magic. So at this point I'm kind of sitting there going, okay, so this is, 
probably created by the transporter malfunction. And it's it's super weird. And I'm like, what have I written? Evil Kirk wanders into Bones. He's like, give me the brandy. And it's like all these like wonderful close-up shots. Evil Kirk is wearing subtle eyeliner. He's always sweaty. He's sleazy. And then he goes into Janice and... Janice again. Poor Janice is a target every week. You poor, Oh, my God. And, and at this point, I'm asking myself, I'm like, have they split? And, you know, have, have, have they, have they, you know, so I was, all, I was already kind of twigging it. But that's because this has since become such a trope, you know, because I was like, this is like in Rick and Morty. They, they've done this with in Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Xander as well. You know, like this, this is a thing. So I was kind of like, ooh, has, has, has this become a, is this a, a good Kirk, an evil Kirk, but they're actually the yin and the yang of the same Kirk. Um, so I, I I love that though. So Spock comes in and he's concerned um, because the weird dog is now two dogs. One is super chill and the other one will bite your hand off if you open the box. Mm. So uh, so they've already worked out that they're opposites of each other. So it's like, all right, okay. So uh, Evil Kirk is super thirsty and he is wandering into Janice. He's like, Let's stop pretending. And oh, it's so bad. He like straight up attempts very, very bad things with Janice. Yes. Like, but but it's it's really, it's so sinister though. Cause like he's really quiet about it. At least at first he's like, no, 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 no. Just, 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 just go with it. Just go with it. Just go. Oh, it's like, no, no, go away. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Oh no, oh, that's it's, worse. I agree. It's yeah, it is. It's worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say worse. Like, I mean, either or is terrible, but it's just like yeah, but to watch. Yeah. Just to watch it, and, and yeah. it's so sinister as well. And, of, like, and so Janice scrapes him across the cheek, and I'm like, not only does it make Evil Kirk look more evil, it's also really convenient because now we can tell him apart. Ah. Kirk, uh, a guy comes to the door and um, he runs to alert somebody that Kirk is going insane. Kirk jumps on him. He literally jumps up in the air and lands down on top of him. It's it's hilarious. Oh, he's just he's crazy cranked to fifteen. He's not he's beyond eleven. I have in my notes again, crew need trackers on this ship. This is too big a ship for people to be sitting there going, Where is this person? It's like oh like if they're lying dead somewhere, are we just gonna wait for them to show up? No. So, um, good Kirk and Spock are heading into an elevator. Meanwhile, we see this bloody hand of evil Kirk moving into shot. And, oh, he's just so weird. Pure Shatner. He licks his wounds. It is so funny. On a, on a side note, I'm loving Janice's beehive weaved hair pattern. It's really pretty. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, good Kirk and Spock are talking to Janice about this. And she was like talking about, you know, why she didn't do or what, what happened. And she's like, he's the captain. I, I, I couldn't just, it's like, couldn't, couldn't just what? Like you, you couldn't just reject him. It's like, oh, this is so problematic. Oh, this is so me too. Well, it's actually, re- I think it's really brilliant because I, I remember that scene. Oh it, oh, it is. Yeah. Because it's actually very true it's actually there's great truth in that moment she's like he's an important man i had better i yeah. couldn't and i was like i remember seeing i that. couldn't reject him ah yeah that's 
that's yeah. really really scary and that's because it's yeah now you're like outside of science fiction you're like oh i really understand this scene and what's really yeah. going on with that poor woman yep 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 oh big time yeah mm. and 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 she and she is in a dilemma where she's she's trying to hold him off but at the same time she's like this guy is the captain of the ship so it's oh it's it's good 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 dilemma but yeah and and then and then she says like she didn't want to get kirk into trouble mm. which is just like Oh my god, you know, it's them's were the times, people. Because she's like, Yeah, well Kirk is just he's a good man, really. He just got a little bit rapey at that one point. I was like, <laughs> Ooh God. Um so then Spock comes to the realization we have an imposter aboard. Dun, and dun, the music dun. literally The music literally does that. It's so good. <laughs> the music literally goes bum bum bum. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, that is that is one trope I actually love when it actually happens is when the music goes dum 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 like they did that in Infinity War whenever um, Thanos defeats absolutely hands the Hulk's ass to him and slams him on the floor the music literally goes dum 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 it's so good yeah so it turns out the yellow ore may have damaged the transporter which is kind of better than they have just unleashed another violent organism onto the planet. But, uh, you know, they're, they're beginning to think outside of the box mm. here. And they've gone to something that's a technological sort of yes. origin. Yeah. yeah, and indeed now we have a, t- a ticking clock because Sulu and the boys are down on the planet still. And the planet is going to freeze overnight. So uh, that's fun. So, Good Kirk is missing his tenacity. You're beginning to notice that Good Kirk is being indecisive. Good Kirk is, he's like, but maybe we should do this. Maybe, oh, I don't know. You know, he's hesitant. He's doubting himself. So, it does explore really, really interesting things. Uh, Spock warns Kirk not to reveal his weakness to the crew. You know, and Kirk is like, yeah, 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 you're probably right. Because it won't, because Kirk is kind of sitting there going, well, they're a good crew. They deserve to know the truth. And Spock's like, dude, dude, no, no. If you do that, they they, they mightn't follow you. So uh, there's a lot of yeah. really interesting um, things to explore here. And what's interesting as well, away from the script, the performance, I remember writing in my notes when I watched it, and I've seen it a few times over the years. Yeah. Shatner's really playing two new characters. Neither one of them is Kirk. Exactly, yeah. And that's that's what's really cool about it as well, um, is, yeah, they are both, they are two sides of the same coin, but they are, to separate those things, good Kirk makes an announcement, kind of saying, hey, hey folks, there's an imposter here. Uh, I'm I'm Captain Kirk. Meanwhile, evil Kirk is listening to this. And again, going back to Kirk being indignant when someone is pretending to be the, the captain. He's like, I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. And I'm like, wow, this is this is better than Khan. It's it's just it's priceless. Khan, eat your heart out. I'm Captain Kirk. It's so good. And, he, and he's sitting there like with the scrapes on his face. I'm like, do they not have concealer in this day and age? And he goes and finds concealer and covers it up. I'm like, ah, smart, smart. Yeah, Evil Kirk goes on a bit of a rampage throughout the ship. And Spock is sitting there going, trying to outguess Evil Kirk. He's beginning to realize that, that Good Kirk and Evil Kirk are two sides of the same kind. So he's like, well, fine then. If you were to go and try and hide from the crew, where would you go? 
But uh, I have in my notes here, Evil Kirk is my new favorite thing of this show. It's just so good. <laughs> so Spock and Good Kirk go down to the lower levels. Evil Kirk is lurking above them, climbing on the... Like he's like Gollum or something, climbing along the tops of the engines. And, uh, you know, it's very much like the id and the ego. It's very psychological. I re- you know, I really like this. And then we have Kirk versus Kirk, which is very nicely shot. I really like the... You know, I mean, it's very simple and very, very simple, you know, classic camera tricks. Works. But it works and it's not it's not clunky, which I thought was very good. But even at this point, you know, because Good Kirk is sitting there approaching Evil Kirk and he's like, you know, you need me. I need you. He's already beginning to recognize this. Evil Kirk is like, I don't need you. And then, of course, Spock to the rescue. Vulcan Death Grip knocks him out. Boom. But it's it's so good where it's exploring what we have essentially titled toxic masculinity in this day and age because that's what it is you know because it's not about um because you know a lot of people are like oh when people talk about toxic masculinity they're talking about you know all men are you know pricks or whatever but it's like no 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 if you are to take all of the toxic masculinity and only focus on that like that animalistic hoo 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 me caveman I'm going to take what I want and I'm going to do it violently you know that's that is evil Kirk yeah but good Kirk shows compassion he shows but at the same time and this is this is what I think is really good about this episode is that good Kirk isn't necessarily effective it's you know he's missing his chutzpah he's missing his tenacity and you do see, you know, there's an element of that. And Spock then later talks about that where he's like, if you can keep it in check, it's actually very effective. Yes. And I really like that. I thought it was a very good, healthy way of exploring it rather than saying you need to suppress it. It's like, you know, you need to lock it away and never come back to it. It's like, because there are certain elements of it which are useful, but obviously not the super creepy, super sleazy, <laughs> let's pin Janice down on the floor ones oh yeah i mean i've seen this this jekyll and hyde story done numerous of times course. in numerous tv shows yeah um, 70s i mean i'm thinking man from atlantis different shows have done yeah. it different times R- rarely if ever have i seen it done like this where it's really good and thought-provoking and it actually has something to say richard matheson only wrote one episode for trek but he wrote things like night yeah. stalker martian chronicles he's the guy who did like i am legend he's like a prolific and fantastic writer and when yeah. he came to the table, he really he really took that idea and did something with it. So, meanwhile, Scotty's trying to fix the transporter. Sulu and the boys are down on the planet, huddling underneath a blanket. And it's like, Sulu's head's popping up. It's like, dude, get under the blanket! <laughs> Stop wasting the heat! <laughs> He's like, hold on, I need to pop my head up to make this call. Oh, dear. But, you know, that's it's, it's fine. It's TV. It's fine. I'm I'm nitpicking, but that that's what this podcast is for. But yeah, like like I love how like quote unquote good Kirk is def- you know he's defeatist almost where he's like oh, you know are are we even going to be able to do this? And Scotty, as I'm discovering very quickly, he seems to constantly be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> he's the one who says, "Yep, no, that's banjaxed." You know, it's like that's not going to work, and it's like, oh man. Um, something I was shocked with they're still using Fahrenheit really in this day and age god damn Americans in your Fahrenheit nobody else in the world is using Fahrenheit 
Celsius, get with it. Ah, used to know. The, uh, to, to survive down on the planet, they're using hand phasers to heat the rocks, uh, which is quite resourceful. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah, gives yeah. a little insight into how the phasers kind of work. So they do emit heat in that way. Uh, Sulu is also being super sassy. He's like, uh, yeah, can you come down before uh, skiing season begins? It's like, well, at least he's he's keeping positive anyway. Meanwhile, we're back in the medical place and uh, we've got we've got my favorite bass bop again. Woom, 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 woom. Oh, it's great. And uh, so evil Kirk is uh, lying in the bed and good Kirk takes him by the hand. Um, and he's like, no, it's it's OK. You can survive this. And, uh, you know, this comparison is like he's like an animal. Uh, it's not really ugly. It's human. You know, there's all sorts of really interesting um, but this this is what I love. This is what I think is kind of the masterstroke of this episode is good Kirk is the one with courage and evil Kirk doesn't have that. Evil Kirk gets scared. Good Kirk doesn't. Good Kirk worries, but he has courage and evil Kirk doesn't. And I thought that was really really empowering really really powerful where you know when push comes to shove it's good kirk who is able to confront evil kirk walk up to him and say no look we're doing this together we can do this uh, and i really like that and of course the ante is upped because uh, so they fixed the transporter they tested out on the two on the the good dog and the demon dog and the whole shock of it all kills the dog and they're trying to trying to work out what they're going to do. Bones walks in, and I'm sitting there going, "Who's watching Crazy Jim? What? Like seriously? Casual as all hell." But um, and of course, you know, Bones gives the immortal line, "He's dead, Jim," as always. And uh, and so this is a big kind of cliffhanger, and just to up the ante even more, Spock is now giving the captain's log. It opens, you know, because obviously we've got a, a a cut to the break and it comes up and Spock is saying Captain's Log. It's like, oh, Kirk's not even giving this Captain's Log. So the dog's dead. He's dead, Jim. Yeah, and Spock is sitting there going, Kirk, you have to go for it. We can't risk this. And Bones is like, oh, I'm not sure. We need to do an autopsy just to make sure that it wasn't a mechanical failure that killed the dog and it wasn't just shock, you know. So it's a big risk, really good at odds. But... The, th- the big question, and I was watching this one with my wife, and she asked the question, because the reason why they're so hesitant to bring the guys up from uh, from the planet is because they'll be split in two as well. But surely that at least is better than freezing to death? Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like they're going to die. It's like, well, why don't you just beam up you know there's four of them so just beam up all eight of them and we'll sort it later rather than potentially losing them to frostbite but uh oh dear. it's actually a really good point it's a really good point because that's the more immediate danger yeah that they're going to freeze to death that's the more immediate problem yeah so if they die they die you know they die, yeah that's really good yeah the big dilemma is you know that kirk may die if he goes in but uh, spock is suggesting that our intelligence will allow us to deal with the shock of it um so evil kirk of course tricks good kirk into getting out he he like um he unties good kirk unties him and he's like oh i'm so weak oh i'm so dizzy oh i'm looking forward to this and then he just slams him to the floor and goes and and uh 
gains control of the bridge. He's like, no, and he swaps outfit. He's he scrapes Good Kirk's face to to make them not be told apart. And then of course, um, Evil Kirk kind of meets Janice again. He's like. Uh, you don't mind if I come to your cabin later? It's like, no, no, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Because he was like all apologetic and stuff. It turns out that it was an evil version of me. And she's like, um, you know, again, it's very me too. Very, mm. you know, where she can't really say no, can she? Or she feels like she's in the position where I can't say no, which is very interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and so Evil Kirk goes to the goes to the bridge, and he's looking to run. He's looking to get out of there. Which you know, so he's he's the coward. He's kind of taking his energy and saying, "No, no, we can't save the guys down in the planet. Let's go." And Good Kirk shows up. He's like, "No, no, 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 no! Stop, stop what you're doing!" And there's all the, "I'm the captain. It's the ship. And it's my ship." And all this, it's hilarious. Shatner at his utmost Shatnerianist, and um, we've got we get even more extreme close ups. Can half a man live? You know, so many great, great little bites. And um, Good Kirk has the courage. And Evil Kirk is just like, I want to live. And so they, they eventually go to the transporter. And Kirk is sitting there. William Shatner is sitting there hugging some random stand-in for Evil Kirk. And uh, It's a great way of doing that scene, isn't it? It's a great way of... It's a low-tech... Oh, yeah. It's so yeah, simple. Yeah, so simple. Um, but uh, he, he looks to Spock and he's like, if this doesn't work... And Spock's like, understood, Captain. And he's like, is it? <laughs> it? Like, are you just... Are you leaving your potential dying wishes as an assumption? Do you, do you not want to clarify? It's like, Justin... Look... If I'm not, if I'm, if I die here, you're in charge of the ship or someone's in charge of the ship. You might want to clarify that just in case. And then, of course, they beam them away and there's a long delay on them beaming back because we have to keep the tension going. And then Kirk is beamed back. And we're wondering and we're waiting. And then get those men beamed aboard fast. And you're like, yes, he's back, baby. James Tiberius Kirk is back. Yeah, I have in my notes here, how many crew has the Enterprise lost? A lot, a lot. But then this, on like on, on such a kind of interesting, kind of arguably progressive storyline, you know, where it's exploring toxic masculinity and whatnot, it really, really falls at the last hurdle with Spock being super weird and super creepy to Janice where he's they're up on the bridge and Janice and Kirk have this um kind of uh, resolution and you know he's like yeah sorry about that and she's like yes yeah okay fair enough and then Spock to Janice he's like so the imposter had some interesting qualities and like seeing it with a smirk to her and it's just like no no he didn't no no she are you implying that she liked it? Are you implying that no, Spock, no, don't do, don't don't go there? Uh, yeah, it was it was it was just a really weird kind of way to end the episode, or it was just like, what? No. However, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Oh, it's one of the standout episodes. Um from that early part, I think a lot of it's to do with Shatner and a lot of it's to yes. do with the script. But it, it, yeah, it's a standout episode. It's like 
the one where there were two Kirks. It's like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm what I'm really excited about now in the future is expl- uh, discovering some of the some of the other staples of of Star Trek, particularly the likes of the Klingons and things like that. You know, I'm I'm really curious. Don't tell me where they they come into it. I don't know how far into it they come in, but I'm really curious as to. At what point do they come into it? You know, the likes of Romulans, the likes of different kind of character uh, races, aliens come into At this it. stage, right. So, yeah, you, you've you seen, uh, is it six episodes and there's been no mention of anything? No like men- no mention Romulan. of any of those things, no. Okay, interesting. Okay, cool. cool. No, no mention even of like a federation or anything like that either. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is about things that weren't developed yet by the writers, because obviously it was a work in progress, the big oh, of one, course, the of course. big one, and it's it's a black mark against that episode, but though it can be explained away. But the big one is that a few episodes later, they introduce the shuttlecraft. And suddenly you're looking at that episode and you're going, well, why didn't they just use a shuttlecraft to get Mr. Sulu and his crew up from the ship, from the ground, from the planet? Yeah. And that's yeah. a big one. That's like one of the famous ones. But it's simply that at that stage in development, they hadn't a hangar bay written in. They hadn't shuttlecraft developed. Yeah. So it just didn't exist. And in universe, you can simply say, well, obviously there was something wrong with the hangar bay. There was a reason. There has to be a reason why they didn't use yes. it. But the practical real world answer is it has, hadn't been invented yet or hadn't been written in. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's very interesting to hear you mention the Klingons and the Romulans because, yeah, of course, they are on the horizon, but you've had no mention yet. Okay, that's. I'm not saying any more. not saying any more, but yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that brings us to the end of another intrepid adventure. If people want to find you online, Michael, where can they find you? Best place to track me down, I would say, I would say go to Twitter, Riker Donegal, all one word. I use that handle on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, from Twitter in particular, you'll see links back to the blog. I review comic books mainly at the moment every day four or five comic books go up there and I'm very excited after I grab a bite to eat after we finish recording this I'll be what, reading um, the uh, the first Wolverine uh, storyline eight parts um, so I'm very excited about spending my Sunday afternoon doing that that sounds like a lot of fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if anyone would like to find me they can do so you can search John D. Ruddy on YouTube Instagram Facebook Twitter and uh, Patreon as well, if you wish to support me as a creative person. You'll be supporting this podcast. You'll be supporting my YouTube series, Manny Man Does History. Loads of stuff. You can check it out. Um, but for now, folks, I'll let you go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, folks. As I just said there, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash John D. Ruddy. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and indeed YouTube. This podcast was created by John Ruddy with special guest Michael Leddy. It was produced and edited by John D. Ruddy with the title music by John D. Ruddy. If you can think of someone who is a massive Star Trek fan who would love to listen to someone talking about seeing these again for the first time. Seeing again for the first time? That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean. Watching for the first time. Please send this their way. That is how we grow. Thank you kindly, and as they say in the world of Star Trek, live long and carry on.